We come now to the reading of God's Word, and then to the preaching of God's Word. So turn with me, please, to the first psalm, psalm number one, which together with psalm two is placed in the providence of God as the introduction to the Psalter, to the book of Psalms. Largest book in the Bible, crucial to the piety of God's believing people, for here we learn uh, to confess our sins, we learn how to pray, we learn how to plead with God, we have models of how to give thanks for all things, records of the history of God's gracious dealings with his people, and his judgments too. And all of this is headed by, well, Psalm 2, which we understand in the fullness of time, points to Christ our King, and Psalm 1, which we will look at this morning. So let's pray and then read. Our Father, we give thanks for the truth that we have just sung, that we have no need to fear your law, nor your just condemnation upon our sins. For Christ has borne that for us. And as we come now to the reading of your word, we pray that you would open our ears to hear it, not only as pointing to a way that we should live, but as pointing us to Christ, in whom and in whom alone we are made able to live. So help us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, he who first inspired these words, Grant us his work to receive them with faith and to live by them more and more. For the honor and glory of your name, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm number one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, in all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That is the word of God. May he bless us with it. And as you read this psalm, the last verses, it's clear that uh, it is setting before us a way of life and blessing, or in contrast to that, uh, the way of the wicked that ends in judgment under the wrath of God. Well, do you need to be blessed by God? If you think you do not need God's blessing, then you really do. 
we said, Psalm 1 is the opening psalm. It's the sort of the, the prelude to the symphony that is the book of Psalms together with Psalm 2. And here we see laid out for us a way of blessing. God pronounces great blessing on the man who. The man who. The man who does what? And we have characteristics. We have characteristics of this man who is richly blessed by God. What are these characteristics? We'll look at them in summary now. We'll look at them more fully later. But uh, in the first place, the first verse, he utterly rejects the wisdom, the lifestyle, the fellowship of those who are in rebellion against God. Now, of whom is that true? Have you, have I, utterly rejected the wisdom and the sinful lifestyle of this world? I can't say that I have. Certainly not before I came to know Christ. But there is one who has, and that is Christ. Christ has utterly rejected the wisdom and the sinful lifestyle and fellowship of those who are in rebellion against God. There was no sin found in him. And Colossians says that all the treasures of wisdom are found in Christ. And so Isaiah predicted his coming as the coming of the wonderful counselor. He does not need the counsel of the rebellious of this world. Secondly, this richly blessed person loves God's word and meditates on it. That certainly was not true of me before I became a Christian. And even though I am a believer, I am, I am negligent, so negligent in regard to the reading and study of God's Word, let alone meditating on it. And what can you say of yourself if you are honest before God? But there is one of whom this is true. He came into this world in Psalm, uh, rather Hebrews 10, uh, verse 17, quotes him as quoting from a psalm, one of the psalms, I delight to do your will, O God. Jesus Christ is the one who has thoroughly, thoroughly known the law of the Lord and internalized it. In fact, he is the one who gave the law and coming into this world kept the law thoroughly and completely uh, from his innermost being to all his words and actions. Thirdly, verse 3, this wonderfully blessed person is unceasingly fruitful in his life. And he prospers in all that he does. Oh, I wish I could say that about myself. But it's very far from being true. And what about you? As you look at your life, the course of your life, how fruitful has it been uh, in terms of bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, for the glory of Jesus Christ? But then we look at our Savior, Jesus Christ. We look at him suffering and dying on the cross, and what is the fruit of that work on the cross? 
suffering for sinners. It's the redemption of sinners to the ends of the earth and to the end of the age. We see Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, ruling from the right hand of the Father. And how fruitful he is as he sends the Holy Spirit to conquer sinners, to change lives, to gather the redeemed to himself, and at last into the new heavens and the new earth. He is infinitely fruitful, unceasingly fruitful. And so he is the one truly righteous man, blessed by God, who should be able to stand before God in the judgment and not be among the wicked who cannot stand before him. Verse 5. And yet, and yet, he stood before God and before men condemned, rejected and condemned. He who never sinned received in himself the hatred of sinners for his righteousness, but the wrath of God as if he had borne or committed all the sins that we have committed. In his own body, he bore our sins and the judgment our sins deserved. And the importance of this for all who belong to him is, in terms of this psalm, Psalm 1 is not a blueprint for self-righteousness. It's not a blueprint showing you the path you must follow if you want God to bless you. Rather, Psalm 1 is a picture of Christ that coming to him, we may receive his perfect righteousness in justification and be received as sons and daughters of the living God. And in him, we may also be transformed and be enabled to become like him to follow this path of blessing that is laid out for us in Psalm 1. And so let's look at the way of blessing as a picture of Christ, but also of the life that we are called to in Christ in response to his saving work for us. With our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize that the world we live in is a fallen world. And we were fallen until Jesus delivered us out of it. So that the world is at war with God, with his son Jesus Christ, with the kingdom of God, and with us. At bottom, its ways are evil. Its people, as we are, would be still, and were, maybe some of you still are if you haven't come to faith in Christ, sinners. This world mocks God's truth and holiness as a joke. So with our Savior and Lord Jesus, we reject the false wisdom of this world. We will not be guided by its evil course. That's commitment. 
that we make in coming to faith in Christ and professing faith in him. Acknowledging that there is war between the true wisdom of God and the false wisdom of this world and that the way of blessing is to listen to and follow the wisdom of God that we find first in Christ and then because of him revealed to us throughout the word, the Bible. Second, second line in verse 1, we reject the lifestyle of sinners. Their lifestyle is to break God's commandments. Their way, their path, is to seek their own pleasure, their own pride, their own way. And this is true even of good sinners who are seeking to establish their own righteousness apart from Jesus Christ. It's their way, their pleasure, their pride, not God's. It is as if you were God and could determine for yourself what is right and what is wrong. Oh, doesn't that sound like what Satan tempted our first parents to believe and to act on? So, do not let, let's say, for example, your pals at work tell you how to treat your wife and children or your husband and children. Now, don't let the celebrities of this world, the shows, the movies, the TV shows, and all, all that other stuff, don't let it tell you what you should know about relationships and morality, and living right. They don't have a clue. Don't let the music of this world fill your mind with me, 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 me. What I want, what I need, what I feel, my anger, my hatred, my rage. This is not the way of the blessed. It's the way of sinners. And then the final line in verse 1, reject the fellowship of mockers. You've probably you know, been around people who think that <laughs> holiness, what a joke. Uh, living strictly according to moral standards in the Bible, what a laugh laughable joke. I mean, don't you want to have a good time in life? Don't you want to be fulfilled? There's much mocking and sneering. But, you know, being cool is not cool with God. Now, we certainly may be friends to the people of this world who need to know Christ. Show kindness, show love, embrace them as fellow sinners who need what has been given to us in Christ. But we are not to so crave their approval and their company that we sit down with their mocking and join, even if silently, in their derision of the things of God. Well, that's the way of blessing by way of 
speaking against the world. That's the negative aspect of this. But verse 2 opens before us the positive way of blessing. The way of blessing that is from the word of God. It's not enough to be against what's wrong. Uh, to be different only. That, that's really kind of a zero. <laughs> we are called rather to be something. In Christ, in Christ, we come to know the true and living God. We see his character and his works everywhere in Scripture, in the history of creation and providence and redemption. We come to know his son, Jesus Christ, whom to know is eternal life. And we come to know the Father, the Son, and the Spirit as the God who transforms us to become more like the image of God in which we remain. The image of God is being restored in the redeemed sinners who are the people of God. And how does this take place? Well, it takes place by the work of the Spirit, but the Spirit uses the Word. And so the blessed person is one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it. Well, day and night, I don't know. Can I do that? Probably not. Uh, <clears throat> I had an illustration of this when I served, when we served a farm community in South Dakota for eight years. Uh, one of the elders would sometimes have to fill pulpit for me if I was sick or away for some reason. And uh, he would prepare his sermons, riding his tractor up and down the rows, up and down the rows, up and down the rows, uh, meditating on what he had been reading in the Bible, maybe all day. And after a day of up and down the rows, meditating, thinking about, praying about what he had been reading in the Bible, uh, he had a message <laughs> to share. Uh, so I don't think it's that uh, we're to be monks and uh, just uh, turn away from this world, go live in a hermitage or on a pole by ourselves or in a cave somewhere and read and meditate on the Bible. That's not what's being envisioned here. Certainly wasn't true of any of the psalmists. They were men who lived in this world and engaged in it actively. But rather what, what we do read in the Word and should read in the Word, certainly on the Lord's Day as we come together to hear the Word read and proclaimed, in our homes, as, as uh, mothers and fathers open the word with your children, uh, maybe young children with, with child story Bibles and the first catechism, and uh, as they get older, uh, just read from Scripture and discuss what it means and how it applies. Uh, but yes, uh, it, is, it is the word of the Lord that the Lord uses to transform us and to bless us. Uh, and Verse 2 says that the blessed man delights. Uh, he delights in the law. He meditates on it and he delights it. Now, the law of the Lord, what's meant there? Uh, is it a picture of us just constantly thinking about the Ten Commandments? Well, they're a summary of the commandments of God. Our Lord gives an even briefer summary. Love God, love your neighbor. But the Bible, Old and New Testament, is full of precepts and commands uh, to guide our lives, to, 
uh, reveal the character of God to which we should want to be conformed, become like. Uh, but the word law here, law of the Lord, is the word Torah in Hebrew. You've heard that word, haven't you? Torah, the Torah. Uh, it's what the Jews call uh, the law of God. It's what, what uh, they refer to the first five books, the books of Moses, as the Torah. But Torah is a Hebrew word that uh, means authoritative instruction. It's not necessarily all commandments, do this, don't do that, but authoritative instruction. Authoritative instruction because it comes from the Lord, our covenant God, our Redeemer God, and it's for His people, the people that have come to belong to God in the covenant of grace. It is the covenant word of God. And for David, who probably wrote Psalm 1, or someone like David, uh, for, for the Old Testament person who wrote Psalm 1, uh, the Torah of the Lord uh, was principally the books of Moses. Yes. Uh, for Jesus and the apostles, by that time, by their time, the Old Testament had been completed. Uh, the Torah of the Lord, the covenant word of the Lord, was the whole Old Testament. And as the disciples sat at Jesus' feet and heard him teach with authority, not like the scribes and Pharisees, it, that was the Torah of the Lord. And as the apostles then carried the message of Christ uh, to people in Judah and Samaria and the ends of the earth, the Torah of the Lord is the whole preaching of the gospel. It is what? It's the Bible. Not just the commandments in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It is the whole word of God which we are blessed to have as the Bible. And Jesus loved the word of God. He was saturated with it. And we are called in him to love the word of God, to delight in the word of God, and to meditate on it. Now, we're all being honest with God, right? And so we have to say, I don't always enjoy reading the Bible. I don't always like what I read in the Bible. It's like a shoe that pinches my foot sometimes. It slaps me up the side of the head and says, repent you. And so what should we do then? Well, tell God. In the Psalms, we have models of men who are telling God their sins and beseeching God for his forgiveness. That's how we respond to the word of the Lord when in all honesty we have to say to God, I'm not enjoying this right now. But we pray. We pray, the Holy Spirit works, we confess our sins, the Holy Spirit works, and we grow in our understanding of how the Word of God fits together, how it applies to us in Christ, how it directs our lives that we should live to the glory of our Savior. And so the blessed person not only delights in the law of the Lord, he meditates on it. As I said, it's not 
being, you know, we're not being told to go be a hermit somewhere and just read the Bible, just think about the Bible. But the, the word meditation is important here. Uh, oh, for the last 30 or 40 years in, in this country, in the Western, in the Western world, uh, Eastern and Asian concepts of meditation have become very popular. Uh, people take yoga lessons not just to stretch and tone up, but also to, you know, acquire some inner peace. And uh, so the, es the essence of Eastern meditation is to turn off the brain, try to open up, hope to have the God within illumined, to become one with the all, uh, and to achieve peace, inner peace in this way. Uh, it's really idolatrous. Because <clears throat> the true and living God is not the God within. He's the God who made the heavens and the earth. If you repent of your sins and come to faith in Christ, he comes to dwell in you by the Holy Spirit, but you find him in the word, not by looking in your heart. And it's dangerous. Uh, the Bible takes demons seriously. And that passive, well, I'm just going to open myself to whatever is there to discover. Not think, but just be open. That has been, for a number of people, an invitation uh, for demons to walk through the door. So I caution against it. And the fact is that biblical meditation is not passive at all. It is very active. It is active because it is in keeping with our human nature as God made us not to be passive, but to be active people. Now to actively hear. Are you actively hearing right now? Uh, to actively read, not just let your eyes scan the words and five minutes later say, okay, I did my deal with God today, but to actively read, uh, to think about, to ponder, to pray over what you read in the Word, to examine yourself in the light of what you read in the Word, where it says repent, repent. Where you see need, pray. Seek through prayer and through the work of the Holy Spirit more understanding of God himself, of Jesus Christ, who is the new man to whom we are being conformed. To see his acts, to see his attributes, to see his work, to understand his will, to embrace and rest in his promises. We are to internalize the word so that the word internalized will transform how we think. How we respond to people and situations. How we choose to live. And this is the way of blessing. Not to make yourself good so that God will bless you. But having been blessed by God in Jesus Christ. Through his wonderful saving work. And by the work of his spirit. Uh, you may grow and experience what it means to be the person who is truly blessed. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that this word which we have read is not 
a law to which we must conform or be lost to any blessing. But we see it fulfilled in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we see the work of your Holy Spirit uniting us to Christ when he brings us to faith. And in Christ, working uh, these qualities in us more and more that we are truly blessed in Christ. So we pray, O Lord, that each of us here uh, has been brought to know you and is growing in you and will grow. And if there are any here who have not yet surrendered themselves to you, faced up to the awfulness of their sins, and sought your mercy and forgiveness, then, Lord, bring them uh, to see themselves and to see your mercies in Christ and to be made new in him by your Spirit. We pray in his name. Amen.